0: Good morning. Today's WGO podcast. A couple of quick book reviews and a story of someone I met yesterday that really helped cut the stress of some of the transitions that I'm going through right now. So uh, let's get started with the book reviews. Um, So, at the very end now of the last of a three uh, book dive that I did started out with uh, came over by an article a friend of mine sent me about some of the things going on in the political dialogue and um, he sent me an article that said to l- read dark money the book uh, democracy and chains and the book uh, now that I'm almost done with the third of the series coke Land. I haven't memorized the uh, the authors yet, um, but you can you can Google and find those titles. Um, again, "Dark Money," "Democracy and Chains," and "Kochland," K-O-C-H-L-A-N-D. So, really, those titles sum up the entire book review. Uh, you know, it's uh, very important to have a good headline. Very important to have a good title. Um, There's a lot of dark money. And um, there's a lot of business interests, often they're private companies, in the case of Coke, um, that, you know, play the game very smart. You know, I don't fault them for being successful. I think there's a lot to be learned from their motives and how they do things and how they're structured. Good morning. And um, it's a complex story. But it's also undeniable that, starting in the 50s, you had people that were fearful of government intervention in their profit making, and fearful of government encroachment on pretty much all aspects of the business, and therefore they started to form various strategies to deal with that, including running for president themselves in some cases, and. yeah, I can't remember if it was David or Charles Koch, but one of them actually ran for president as a, as an independent or libertarian. I think, completely got his clock clean and realized that that was a flawed strategy. It would be better to be in the business of creating the talking points, the dialogues that are then used by others. He's just a surgeon. That's- right, still mention- and then over time, what what evolved was. A strategy to not only create the talking points and align them with the, the needs of the business and the goals of the business, which are basically keep government, you know, make go- weaken government to the point where they can't get in your way. And that's a complicated issue for me because they're not wrong. If as this country shifts leftward, if we're not eternally vigilant, about just trading one powerful block of self-interest for another and actually allowing the other one to become very bloated and bureaucratic and basically get in the way of all economic progress under the guise of it's good for this or good for the environment or it's for you know, labor rights or this or that. We have to be very careful because it's that's one of the lessons that history's tried to teach us is that be it small groups, you know, like the 0.01%, you know, small groups of uber-rich, which is one of the issues right now, or it's politbureaus or groups of government officials, uh, which basically start representing a, a very similar 0.01% of the population that that run, that have everything, have control of everything. If, and, you know, right now, I think humans in 2020... Our expectations are rising, we have rising expectations, and we do need, be it on the right or the left, we need government to be very responsive and very quick and very agile. We can't allow it to become a jobs program that creates bureaucracy where every time you're doing something you've got this lengthy permitting process and that somebody You know, intentionally or unintentionally can just gum up the works and make it where it takes years to get a bridge built or years to get a road put in, years to build a pipeline, years to get approval for a new energy thing. And energy is a very important part of this whole thing because it underpins all other human economic activity and to pretend that it doesn't matter, (coughs) that somehow energy is the bad guy. Is just foolishness, okay? In the case of Coke, energy was part of what started their wealth, their massive wealth. You know, they had, through a lot of luck, really, but certainly hard work and vision, but a lot lot of luck. They had refining assets that could refine types of crude, both in Minnesota and then later in Texas, that became available at a very cheap price at a very advantageous terms at the right time and of course they were smart and put the work in so you know that, they get kudos too that they built a team and when they first tar- started doing the Minnesota refinery for example there was a union there and they were making the, they were making the place just unsafe just ridiculous you couldn't. You weren't even allowed to go look at a problem if you were the wrong trade, or you didn't use the, the shuttle, correct shuttle driver to drive to the other side of the property. And, and, and uh, Charles Koch brought in a team to break all that nonsense up, because nothing was getting done. Nothing was getting done fast. And then the refinery later, you know, was very aggressive in becoming one of the best. And there's some side stories about some pollution controls and things like that that were done with like a, with like a wastewater treatment thing. Because you know every project in the facility had to basically show a good ROI, return on investment, and that type, type, type of thing in that time didn't. So they made some mistakes, but then he later became more aggressive about that too. So I mean, it, it was it, it, my point is is energy is important. It's not only it, 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 it people get caught up in the environmental talking points and the hatred for things like Coke and Exxon Mobil and stuff that they can't see that energy actually, in fact is very important to all of our freedoms and all of our Liberty and all of our, all the fun stuff in life requires energy. It doesn't have to be burning fossil fuels, but it does require energy. And it is today burning fossil fuels, a lot of it. So you have to, you can't be, you gotta be honest about it. And I know other corrupt self-interest groups, just as transit agencies and the companies that service transit agencies, they spend millions, if not billions of dollars, lubing the deals so that they can go build trains and buses and public transit options that people think that they want. But, but hey, look, build that shit. But don't try to cram me in your cattle car, bud. I don't wanna be in there. And you don't either, if you're being honest. It's better to have your individual liberty or you get in your own personal transport whenever and whatever time you want. You're not asking people for permission. You're not dealing with the the unpredictability of masses right now and people. You're not dealing with all that. No, you simply get in the personal transport of choice. We'll get into details about what that could be later. To get into personal transport of choice and you go. Even if it's pointless, you don't have a regulator telling you, oh, you shouldn't be traveling if it's not for work or emergency purposes. Fuck that. Fuck that. So that's the thing, is, is if you allow power to accrue in too tight of a spot, be it government or private hands, you inevitably become, the world starts to reflect their vision, and they can impose it on you. And with this effort, this, this podcast and some of the ancillary product, you know, things coming your way, books, videos, other things to try to really better get at this notion of we the people, the 98% of humanity, had best to get busy figuring out what it is we need and want and expect out of this deal. Because if not, we're just going to keep shuffling the deck. You say one side will be more of the same growing inequality, stakes getting higher, possibly pushing out some of the safety net because it enables government to, to be oppressive to their interests. And on the other side, big government as far as the eye can see with more more regulation, more red tape, more bureaucracy, uh, more sitting in government buildings because to get certified for this, that, and the other because it's a jobs program. It becomes a self self-interested jobs program with huge budgets to defend. It's like, of course kids have to go to school. Sit, school meaning a physical building and sit all day and listen to your ass. Because why else would you do it? Versus, I don't know. We have to be vigilant with dynacism, be dynamic. Like maybe we don't have to do any of that stuff. Maybe kids are coming up in an age of computers and technology and insight so that they can just bypass a lot of the horseshit and get straight to the crux of the matter, which is being a lifelong learner. Learning to have empathy and love and compassion for your fellow human because you have to share this hurling rock in space with them. Having reverence for nature, because it's just as amazing as you and I are. Having a desire to figure shit out. Not giving up on figuring shit out. Clearly seeing how to start a business, if that's what's required to serve a need or provide something to the marketplace a good or go service you know how to do all that so basically teaching people to love learning to love their fellow man to have confidence and faith that they can figure stuff out and then have the tools the practical pragmatic tools to then build companies so that they can make money because we do live in a world where you have to make money and I don't want the money-making machine to be owned by any one interest group, be it government or privates. You shouldn't either. Fucking scary. They're just going to wall you off. All of them will wall you off because you're not needed. Be it private or governmental, you can build a vast machine using all the latest and greatest technologies, using a smaller and smaller group of humans, and there's more than enough, more than enough supply of people that go through the gauntlet of school and certification and play the game and nod their fucking heads to serve as your minions. If you need less minions every year and the supply of minions is endlessly growing, then don't you see that be it private, like a Koch Brothers Institute, or government, big government, they win, you lose. They win, you lose. And even if you're on that team for a minute, you still lose if you consider yourself part of humanity because humanity loses. And people get so caught up in today, like so triggered by Trump and fucking shit going on right now. Awful stuff that does need to be adjusted and tra- changed. But I, I maintain that if we don't get to the main core, the main, what are we doing? The main, what are we trying to get out of this? If we don't stay focused on that, then we're just leaves in the wind for all this nonsense. So I highly recommend, especially to people on the Republican side of the spectrum, who are digging in more, feel more threatened, feel just crazy right now. They're trapped, angry, frustrated. Read. Don't don't worry about who wrote it. Don't get all triggered. Read Dark Money, or actually listen to it. It's even better on Audible. That's what I do. Read Dark Money. Read or listen to Democracy in Chains. Read and listen to, it's a longer one, Coke Land. Don't weigh in. Don't have to editorialize. Don't have to have the opinions going. Don't try to figure out how you're supposed to feel. Listen to it. Listen to those three. First of all, it'll get you right up to the edge of, well, shit, I guess I hadn't thought that maybe I'm angry because I have uh, fed at the trough of talk radio or certain media outlets that basically serve up talking points of of a private company who doesn't want government to get big because they do have valid reasons. They don't want it to become too big to get in their way. And then that those same groups don't, don't like labor unions because they get in the way, and they don't really believe in safety nets. So they don't really believe in social security and Medicare and stuff like that, which I feel like we need. So you don't have to take a side. But you have to realize that the talking points of your party have been created by something you may not have considered. And it will probably change your view. If I told you that every movie you ever really enjoyed was made by a certain group of people, for example, like it was funded with a certain pot of money, if you will, would it change the way you felt about the movies? If I told you that all the music industry... Those aren't true statements. I'm just saying that that's basically what's happened in the Republican party. You've had a very organized effort to control the dialogue and, 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 and support candidates who regurgitate these talking points. And if they don't, they're punished severely. Like they don't win their seat back in Congress. And this is permeated across the landscape. So this explains a lot of stuff. Like your Mitch McConnell types, who are like, "Uh, no, don't sign anything, I'm a grim reaper. You think that's cool? Really? He basically says no to anything. And just so you know, the country's had a significant governmental component forever. I'm walking past the Erie Canal. This was a public-private partnership 200 years ago. This would not be built if government and private entrepreneurs didn't work together to make this a reality. To provide whatever the funding mechanism or the bonds or the whatever it was right away to get this done. So it does matter. And most certainly does matter. So I would encourage you to read those books. And, I, and, when, and also, in particular with Coke Land, reflect upon the story. Because it's the, first, the first 10 chapters of it are laying out the story of Coke and in her in industries. And I didn't get enraged by it at all. I was like, well, you know what, they're right. This is how you have to run a company. This is what it is, this is what it takes you challenge bullshit, you stay focused on the mission, you dial all the parts in because you're an expert at it to make sure it's absolutely running as best it can, whatever it is, refinery or an oper- you know, a trading desk or whatever. You attract the best you can. You implement the, the best in IT to support it all. That's, that's what they did. That's what they did. So in a world of entrepreneurship and capitalism, you'll, you'll want it run like that. That's what you need. That's why I'm so fearful of leftists and their fashionable leftist ideology is, is that there's, there's not a lot of room in their world for that because they're going after people like that. They want to get them onto this or get them onto that. They're finding a penalty because the ultimate goal is they don't want the opposition. They don't want anybody that can be stand up to them. And when you have money, you have power. So they have power. They've had power. We'll see going forward. I don't know. Who knows? That's why everybody's getting crazy. Everybody feels threatened economically. Everybody. As they should. Because they are. Now 98% of humanity is threatened economically. And this horseshit going on at the top with our quote-unquote leadership. It's it's, it's imperiling us all even more. Saber rattling. Society fabric unraveling at the edges. Becoming racially impassioned when it's not necessary. (laughs) This summer, people are focusing on these awful videos of people being shot and killed by police. There's a lot to that. We should condemn this, this aggression and hostility. I don't think police should be bothering people ever. Leave us the fuck alone. Quit bothering me. I took my dumb wife out for dinner the other night and I pointed out to her, I was like, this is how crazy this is. And imagine if you're black, it's even worse. But you know, we could be pulled over for anything. Tail light, you know, maybe not even allowed to drive around with a bike carrier in the back, I don't know. Some shit I don't even know I'm violating, for example. Get pulled over, or like the case the one time before, I got pulled over because a guy thought I was using my phone in the car when I really wasn't, just he saw the light reflecting off the windshield. You know, get uh get pulled over for that stuff. Next thing you know, well, bam, oh, did you have a beer tonight? And you'd be honest, you say, Yeah, I had a beer at dinner, and I'm uh having another one here in a minute. Oh, <laughs> I gotta go to jail. That bullshit. Fuck that. Leave us alone. Leave the people alone. Go after the dangerous stuff. Employ technologies to find the dangerous one. You want the teenager that's doing 100 down the fucking small two lane road? You want that guy? Leave everybody else alone. I get it. If everybody's speed in a 45 mile an hour zone, it's creeping towards 65, 70. There's lots of animals and deer and tight turns and driveways. I get it. You gotta do something there. Sure leave everybody alone. Stop playing gotcha, stop dicking around. That's what escalates into these shooting things we've seen this summer. That's what starts it. It's a lot of times, it cops are calling, the situation, that the people are just toast. You know, they sitting in a fucking car or acting fucking nuts because they've gone crazy with this life. And then it escalates because they have shitty training you attract a certain type of person into it to begin with that's ego and a little more of the macho you know, belly badass bullshit that, that can get out of control especially when somebody's in their 20s they don't know better they're not highly trained they've been emboldened with this militarized look and uniform and you know thought process you know a lot of that stuff all needs to be changed But that doesn't mean cast a wide government net over everything and ruin it for the Cokes of the world and the Cokes of the world are steeped in an ideology and a mentality which is not untrue, which is the empowerment of a of a of, of, good morning of government the empowerment of this neutral neutral thing that's not dynamic that's not individual automatically creates a semi-corrupt, obtrusive, bureaucratic pile of mud that they have to soldier through and deal with and be bothered by all the time. And I argue that that's not good for humanity. So in that sense that they're right. Excuse me. In that sense, they're absolutely right. That stuff has to be... That's the thing I've got... That's why as I have become far more comfortable in challenging supportive Republicans right now because of the dark money involved. And I I, I don't want to support that right now. I think they're not, not, they don't have the right talking points right now. And they're not not showing enough economically, enough help for people. And I think that people are in need right now. I think you're going to have to have some short-term Band-Aid. But as fast as I say that, I am not hearing anything on the left of keeping themselves in check. I see salvating wolves. They can't wait to get their fucking paws on it. And they'll sell it to you as something that's good for you or it's better. And most people are so dumb, they'll just nod their fucking stupid little heads. <laughs> it's better. Really? Well, now you can't get anything done unless it's on your approved list of your shit. So you you got to keep these people in check. You got That's the tricky thing. It's like... How do you have government as a force in the marketplace that's always pushing what's possible and providing support and guidance on research to keep making things, to pushing the envelope of things? Like, for example, in the energy sector, government's in the fusion game because they're in their hydrogen game or whatever the game needs to be to, they're in the game of trying to find how can we make energy? endlessly abundant at a human scale and how can we also get energy to you know other places like Mars let's say for example where we may need energy to do new industry or to colonize new areas because of situations on the home planet that sort of mentality so they're pushing science technology in a spirit of we'll be one of the guys helping figure it out and helping to employ and fund those efforts, and then we will share that with the entrepreneurs to implement whatever needs to be done to make those things come filter down to, to, to humanity. That's sort of the mentality. Not everything an energy provider does has to go through another agency in Washington with another set of highly paid bureaucrats That at any little chink along the line, any little node, someone can periscope up and be like, "Well, I don't know. I think this violates the blah 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 blah," and just fucking creates a two-hour, a two-year, fucking five-year, ten-year delay, or just endlessly has it buried in committee, just circling around, chasing its fucking tail, not serving humanity, just serving the little fucking shitty-ass interest of some dickhead who knows they can get their claws into something. We have to defang. If you're going to defang Coke, you got to defang all of it. You got to have it where nobody can get their fucking claws and shit like that. And Throw it all on the web, so it's all there, exposed for humanity to see. Because in addition to some of the short-term stresses, economic stresses mostly, where everybody's kind of half crazy because the numbers don't work, and they're all struggling and living paycheck to paycheck. In addition to that, you've got epic levels of bullshit. <laughs> that's, that's my whole argument you've heard me say before about education. I think, how do you educate or create an education infrastructure uh, uh, you know, $750 billion dollars a year expenditure the last time I checked in education business, in the education industry, it's a lot of money, approaching a trillion dollars so how do you proclaim to have any kind of credibility in that space when that space is chock full of bullshit well you you gotta study algebra you gotta study geometry oh yeah why well because you gotta study that to do calculus so you can be an engineer but why why don't we just engineer why don't we just be engineers like build shit, and then reflect on later some of the math under the hood. I think you get it backwards. That's just one small little example of the bullshit that reigns supreme. Because really really what about half of it is, is they're trying to weed you out of it. Because somebody along the line decided that was a thing, and then everybody has just copy-pasted that fucking curriculum since, and then it becomes even more nefarious. We're like, oh, we can just block out huge chunks of people that might have been good engineers, might have had passion in a certain space, or creativity in a certain space. They might not even have had the technical skills. They just might have been of a personality type to ask the right questions or see things a different way or come into the room at the right time and say, why are we doing it this way? Why can't it be this way? And thus create thrust for those with the higher skill sets to, to take it on. See, that's what you lose when you have this rigid gauntlet, this rigid bureaucracy of education that filters out Basically, it filters everybody except a certain personality type. You just end up with a certain personality type engineering things. In my opinion, that's why shit like the 787, that fucking Dreamliner plane, and all the other new shit, doesn't really ever work right. It works sort of. But it also catches fucking fire, and they have to ground the fleet of the 737s. The 737 Max, I think they call it. had to ground it, because this thing was fucking steering itself into the ground. You ever think it... That the design can get away from people. And then we've got too much going on with too few fucking creative minds. It's too spread out. No one has their arm around anything. I saw it myself in the fucking tech I've worked with. The design starts to sprawl. The mission becomes more fuzzy and vague to the point where no one really knows what we're doing here. You can sort of say, well, we're in this market, we're in that market, we do this, we do that. But we really lose sight of the entirety of it so no one can get their arms around it. And if you can't get your arms around it, you can't problem solve effect- effectively. You can't conceptualize and frame the right questions. This is the problem. Dark money is a reality. Okay, the, getting back to the books. The, the dark money and the coke land stuff has infected the American politics. It's it's skewed the, the 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 one whole party. They're defending something they don't even know. <coughs> But the other side's fucking corrupt as shit, too. And they're just waiting to get their claws on everything so they can go after the coke so they don't have to have an opposition again for another 100 or 200 years, or a thousand year Reich, if you will. These fucking people. You think that's not the game? How are you so fucking naive and stupid? It is the game. It's about power and money, people. Don't kid yourself. It's not about race, it's about money and power. When people. Lash out against certain cultures and it gets painted as racism. What they're really lashing out is they don't want their way of life to be changing, to be threatened. So we need to be able to read and understand and explore and talk about things like dark money and our democracy is in chains. It can't. It's by design, because the people like Koch, they don't want it to be democratic because they know they lose. The majority of the people don't have what they have. 98% of humanity doesn't have what they have. So they're going to vote against their interests because they're in the business of preserving what they have. Call it out. Understand that there's a force. Talk about it. But don't don't ignore the fact that you're just going to pitch the ball to the other team. And you think they don't have blockers and tacklers and fucking people to try to get to the end zone with it? End zone being control of everything and nobody can fucking get in their way? Don't be naive. Don't be a minion for another group of wizards. Quit thinking you know, man. Learn. Every time I think I know something, I go deep and dive and I'm like, Jesus. I I love putting myself on that shaky foundation. Looking back, on thinking, what the hell was I thinking? All right, so we got that. Now, the other thing I wanted to touch on was, met a dude yesterday. I was walking here in the new spot. I was just observing a bridge that's under construction. The guy made a comment, so we start talking. And um, come to find out he's a retiree, and he retired... Got pushed out of Kodak after 25 years in his early 50s. This happened, I don't know, probably in the 80s. I didn't ask him the exact time frame. And he got pushed out after 25 years of service. But he was just shy of a good pension, he said. So I got a little pension. But not a good pension. And he said that the way they that way and the timing that they kicked him out or severed him or whatever they did his health insurance wasn't covered. He didn't cover that gap. And as luck would have it, he got leukemia, cancer, and wasn't covered with insurance properly. So he said, part of what I choked on initially was covering these medical expenses. But he's a cancer survivor. And he said he also had a heart attack in that time period too. So I asked him, I was like, interesting. He's like, yeah. In his, his statement to me that I was going to share with you is that you don't need as much as you think for a good retirement. A good retirement, he said. So, uh, so he explored that further. I was like, really? He go, Did you pay off your house? If you don't mind me asking, did you pay off your house when you were working? He says, Yes, I did. He has a house in a suburb of Rochester called Webster. I said, Yeah, I did. I was like, Good, okay. So he chopped down that liability. How's it going? And um. I asked about the other huge expense of life, and I say, "Well, how do you how do you how do you do cars? How do you do transportation?" You now, assuming that he was going to tell me, yeah, "I just drive an old beater," he's like, "No, I just bought a new car. I was waiting for the right payment. About I can only afford about three hundred a month, and uh, I just bought a new car two weeks ago. And he didn't get like a little tiny beater, beater, you know, a little smallest thing they got. He said he was able to get a wait around. I got a rebate on a Ford. I think it was an Escape." He didn't know exactly the model himself. He's not a car guy, but sounds like an escape based on what he told me. And he was through a rebate and this, that, and the other. He's able to to um, get that for um, the $300, give or take a month. And he said he rides, he's ridden 30, 30 to 40 miles a day on his bike every day this summer. And he noted that it was a great one of the best summers weather-wise that he had, could ever remember and he uh, also mentioned that he had recently ridden around lake ontario which i was like huh because in my mind it's huge he said they did about 81 80 you know 85 miles a day or so for six days so it must be around 500 miles around the lake which seems much smaller than I would have imagined the number would be, but I found that to be fascinating. So the the, the point of the bringing him up was, as we talked about life, he was an engineer before, and he had his work interrupted in his 50s because that was a big thing here in Rodgers. And everywhere, you know, businesses, big companies that employed lots of people, go out of business or change. And he goes, yeah, I have only have $100,000 in my retirement account. Because I haven't even had to touch it. It just sit, kind of sits there. And I thought that was fascinating. Because I've been very stressed about backfilling all the retirement that I've had to use over the years. And this, that, and the other. I just don't have proper savings for retirement in my framework. I'm franking, I need like to accumulate like $2 million. And I get that $2 million, again, for my own back-of-the-envelope calculations. at had a modest interest rate of return on investments. If you have $2 million in assets saved... You can reasonably expect it to kick out sixty, sixty or, 7, 000, 60, 60 or seventy thousand dollar income per in perpetuity. So the in, you know the interest and in, in whatever on your investments at that level, at a modest interest rate, rate of return, kicks out that kind of income, which is sufficient if you don't have any debt to, to have a nice, comfortable, you know, nice, comfortable retirement. Not worry about shit and do whatever you want. Turns out I don't need any of that. So that stress was nice, and I wanted to share that with you. And some of what we think that we have to do or we're holding ourselves to is actually bullshit. I mean, it all depends on what you're trying to accomplish, right? If you're trying to go out and have a lot of big ticket items and live at a certain level or do certain things, then obviously you'll chew through a lot more resources. But I suspect most folks, if we could get the numbers right and get where most folks have a good dwelling, good house, in an area they want to live in, the neighborhood's not in decline it's you know vibrant and chock full of goods and services for a good life good grocery stores good shopping good food good coffee good beer etc then you know and people can afford to basically come and go as they want enjoy time with their families have new nice personal transports not some fucking bus somewhere Gotta challenge those people, because that's the big government shit. You gotta challenge that stuff, man. And I could take power, ban fossil fuels, and pack us into some rail contract that you secured for some transit system that looks good on paper and looks cool in the glossy videos, but in reality smells like piss. And I gotta deal with every every you know once a month with some aggressive asshole who's fucked up on some drugs or some dumb shit, acting like a cunt on the fucking train. (laughs) That's reality. I want my car. I can work in my car. I can have the temperature set and whatever I like in my car. I can go to this or go to that or, or change my mind. Hey, man. Hey, your Marshall sounds good. I, re- I recognize you. Your Marshall cab sounds good, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. All to do to bought your cab. Oh, that's- <laughs> Thank you for the yeah, Absolutely, dude. And like I told you two years ago, if you ever freaking need that thing just to put a little, little ass in something, you just just ping me on facebook I'll, I'll drop it off to you that's 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 just being cool you're it, oh man i got it hooked up. i got my 6505 at home with it oh my god yeah and i just got i gotta figure out what i'm doing though i think i'm semi-retarded i i, I want to get a little color from the more, stuff i'm working on so i bought one of these uh pod goes line six pod goes a little cheaper but i don't know what i'm doing i thought you just plug it in the effects loop and hit the button and you could go in there and have all those colors and i think it can kind of work that way uh-huh. but it Basically, hijacked my, my whole amp last Tuesday at practice. It was like, okay, so I either have this sound or my native sound. And I've got to have my native sound because I just like yeah. how raw it is. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I never use this kind of effect, so.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't had any pedals either, but I, I, I want two uh, basically two colors I'm looking for right now. So I want like an aquatic-y, little echoey y thing. Yeah. And instead of trying to do a pedal board, I thought I'd go this route where I could program that on button one. hit button one, I got space, you know, spacey, you know.
1: Right, right,
0: right. Now I got you. So... We'll see.
1: So many different kinds of effects things out there drive you out of your freaking mind. No
0: kidding, man. It really will. No kidding. Yeah, this one, I got to sit down. I got kids and all this other stuff going on, but I'm, uh, I got to slow down and figure out how to use this thing. Yeah. You know. Read the manual. As they I, say. I know. I know. You know. <laughs> yes. I do. I, I hate doing that, but I'm going to have to because I, I didn't figure it out on my first two passes. I was like, oh, shit.
1: Uh-huh. Like, yeah. It's not always intuitive. Sometimes you got to go into it. You know? No shit. I noticed you're watch some
0: YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I I I cued that out last night. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna sit down and make myself spend an hour doing YouTube. Exactly, and that
1: will pay off. The hour will really
0: pay off. Yeah. Yeah, Heck yeah. Heck yeah, man. Mm -hmm. I just noticed you're playing out a little bit here here. I'm trying
1: like hell. Yeah, yeah, wherever I can. Cool. I got the trio working pretty good now and it's some solo stuff. But it's few and far between.
0: Oh yeah. Music business is is gnarly
1: advertising you gotta keep sending emails out, it's a pain in the
0: ass, you know? Yeah. People don't reply
1: or you know what I mean? Mostly they don't reply. Oh yeah. So for every ten things I'll send out, I'll get one reply, you know what I mean? So Damn. but it's the only thing you could do. If you wanna work, you gotta keep pushing.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No, I know, I'm, I'm sad about it too. I was I was getting lessons from a guy he plays with a band called Soulfly, a metal band, and completely he's been doing it for twenty years, toured the world a million times and Nothing. He doesn't even get an employment. Right, right. He said he's paid as a hired gun, so he doesn't get paid like that. Yeah, you know what I'm
1: going to start doing? You know the Pittsburgh dock? You know that shown place around there? Yeah. Across from there, there's a stage. Oh. uh, You know what I mean? And I checked it out the other day. It's powered. There's power back there. So I'm going to go there with an acoustic guitar, my little fishman, and a microphone. And I'm just going to sit there and play all afternoon and see what happens.
0: Uh, That's not a bad way to do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a good way to look. I like that. Yeah, very cool. Oh yeah, well Eric, take her easy, bro. Alright, I left the tape running for that. So I met a guy bought a piece of equipment from it, as you heard. It's kind of cool seeing them. So anyway, um I'm gonna wrap this up a make sure what? Uh, this this gentleman that I'm at as I'm trying to put my new projects in motion, trying to uh, earn a living doing this project. And I, again, if you can support this podcast, please do. If you can support it financially through Patreon, please do. I've got the lowest tier set at five dollars a month, um sixty bucks a year. You know, if I need to lower it down or something to get, to get you online, please let's say, Jerry, I need it to be at 2 or 3, and we'll see what we can do. But need your support. Please, when the books come, please snag a copy of that because it, it really lays out more calmly with less F-bombs the message, especially the economic proposal of the American Middle Class Lifestyle for All and Humanomics. That's the main one for now. Um, also, there'll be some YouTube videos coming to the WGO YouTube channel, because some of these things are just too complicated to hear, and as you know, as I'm walking and talking and breathing, may not be the best way for people to to access this information and this message that I'm trying to share, you know, and trying to get that, trying to figure out, but please support. If you can't support financially, I get it. There's a lot of people that are in this game right now trying to do art and, and ask people to support it. You know, art, artist supporting artist is kind of the saying, I get it. Support it with letting me know you're listening. You know, give me some feedback, fix the thing I got wrong, get mad at me about something, give me a attaboy on something. That actually really does help the artistic process. It helps me be more diligent if I'm being unfair. helps me right a wrong. Because, I'm. I, you know, I, I believe you have to speak and you have to try your best today at what you're trying to say today and now and in the moment. And then if you have to contradict yourself the next day because you're just wrong or you have, new information's come to light, man, you just pivot. And you're not held. It's not held against you. That's not the fashionable way with people these days. It's the fearful that's... You know the leftist flavor of fascism it's like no, no i i have it i downloaded it he said this he's this he's a these are that bullshit highly dynamic highly fluid i'm whatever it's got to be to make life better for humanity i'm willing to go wherever it needs to go to get people to cut their bullshit to start seeing things and more clearly and articulating what the 98 is trying to get out of this deal I hope you'll join me. I hope you'll remember that that guy I met the other day shared that we don't have to stress about some of the things in retirement because you don't need as much as you think, especially if you can, if we can get where the American middle class lifestyle numbers are a little more obtainable for people early, they can secure things early and be paid off, paid off by the time they're in their 50s so they can look forward to you know, a trickle, assuming no inflation, no bullshit at the government level to fucks it off everywhere and tears it all up and ruins it for everybody. So, going to watch that. Make sure this ain't purchasing power in the future. But uh, we may be stressing about things we don't need to stress about. Let's figure it out, y'all. Love you. Bye.